Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hit it. And The Zone Sports Network. Utah bringing pressure. Easton throws an interception. Jalen Johnson down the sideline. All the way. Touchdown, Utah. And just like that, the Utes within two late in the third quarter. Play action. Huntley rolling. Looking to run. He's in. Touchdown, Utah. And the Utes have their first lead of the day. The kid is just such a warrior, Joe. Jacob Eason in trouble and sacked. Bradley Anai, the 25th of his wonderful Utah career. It's up there for me. You know, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at him, but uh, it's it's up there. It's, it's it was very very satisfying, especially in the circumstances. You know, coming up to their place, they're coming off a bye, and what are they 900 no after a bye, Coach Peterson? So now they're 901, I guess, after that. But just to battle and battle and battle and never relent and never give in and just find a way. It was great. Big win for the University of Utah in Seattle over Washington, 33-28. Combine that with Oregon drubbing USC in the game immediately following, 56-24. And Gordon, the Utes are back in the driver's seat for the Pac-12 South. They are, and they deserve to be there. They deserve to be there. I know that you've been saying all year that Washington isn't that good, but they have some talented players on that team. And the Utes to go up there and do something they haven't done in a long time, as win a game against that particular program, on its home field, I was impressed by what I saw, especially the way it happened. For the Utes to fall behind the way they did and to weather the mistakes they made, those turnovers were could have been really hurtful to them, and that defense slammed the door, and Tyler Huntley is a freaking stud. I wrote about him over the weekend, and uh, I believe every word of what I wrote. This kid has – think about his improvement in his time at Utah. And, yeah, Andy Ludwig deserves a lot of credit for that, but he deserves the credit for turning himself into a real quarterback, a quarterback that can lead his team to victory, and that's exactly what he did, Jake. It was – count me impressed. Well, it's what his team uh, team needed, and it was a gritty performance because he obviously was not 100% yeah. And, yeah. and pretty far from it. And for him to put his foot in the ground and deliver some throws in the fourth quarter was was no doubt impressive. He is your Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week, and deservedly so. Um, he, he got it done any way he had to. And, in fact, on those critical plays where they needed a couple of yards, they ran that speed option. And he he made it happen, even though you could tell he was hurting. Um, I didn't. I don't know if you noticed in the first quarter that play where that brace he had on his leg came flying off, and I thought, oh, this is not a good sign. Well, of, you could tell he was hampered. He was, and yes. and to still have that performance is is amazing. Yeah. I mean, he he deserves so much credit. I'm glad he's getting it. Uh, I'm glad he's getting it from the league. But here's here's my thoughts, Gordon. I th- I think a couple of years ago Utah would have lost that game. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking the game in the rain here at Rice Eccles Stadium when Arizona was here with Kadeem Carey and basically the Pac-12 South was on the line. It was November and the Utes just got it. It, it started off bad and then it just unraveled from there and was a, a dump trucking by the Wildcats. I thought in this game. It was on its way to doing the same thing because much like the USC game, the line couldn't block anybody, 
and on defense, Eason was was picking them apart with bigger athletic uh, uh, athletic receivers. And yeah. I thought, well, well, there's the blueprint. And then lo and behold, Coach Witt on the sidelines, and you heard Bruce Feldman uh, report on it if you were watching the TV broadcast. He reshuffled the deck with the offensive line. He put guys like Nick Ford out on the edge with the right tackle who were more comfortable in those positions, fixed what was the problem, and then Tyler Huntley went to work. When yeah. he had an opportunity to do it, he stepped up and got it done. I thought I thought that adjustment was the biggest deal of the game. Great coaching and then great job from the players, like Witt said, to never quit and, and go out there and win the game. But, you know, usually we don't see in-game adjustments like that in college football, certainly not on the fly. And and I th- that kind of victory is more impressive to me than winning forty to nothing. I would agree. You know, because to to change the whole momentum of that game, this team is playing on its home field, going up against the Utes, and fired up. And like I said, they have some good athletes. They may have some coordination problems. Uh, as uh, you heard Kyle Whittingham talk about it there, Chris Peterson had an extra week to, comp- to prepare for this, and the Utes weathered that storm, and they came back. And now, Ute fans, you are in a luxurious spot now to be able to believe that even when your team gets off to a bad start, it can come back. And a lot of it has to do with the leadership on the field. They certainly have it on the defensive side of the ball and they have it on the offensive side as well. Going back to Tyler Huntley, those passes, he only missed on one pass in the second half. It's pretty amazing. And, and it wasn't like these were little teeny little five-yard throws. No, he made some big plays I in mean, there, no doubt. I mean, a 41-yarder, the 28-yarder, and what, was it 18-yarder or something like that? Those were huge plays for the Utes to keep drives alive and to be able to score. And then that play, when he ran in that touchdown, that you talk about guts, man. That took guts for him to do that. It did. He's hurting. His knee's hurting. He's compromised. And yet he charged in, and he knew he was going to get popped. He knew he was going to get hit hard, and he was. And he scored that touchdown, and next thing you know, the Utes have the lead, and they went from there. So, yeah, I mean, this team, I know Oregon is getting an awful lot of praise nationally right now, but I think the Utes are every bit as good. I do. I I think they have a great shot at winning the Pac-12. I at very least think that that would be one heck of a game. Because Oregon's defense is is really good. I know they gave up 24 to USC, but Oregon's defense is really good. And Justin Herbert is, I think, is, is as good as advertised. And they've got a great O-line. And then you, you turn it over where, where Utah, if they play like they did against Washington, uh, specifically in the second half, they don't have a whole lot of holes. They're, There's they're, not a whole lot of weakness there. They're the number one so. rush defense in the country. They're, uh, the Utes are giving up 56 yards a game on the ground. That is remarkable. Pretty good. I mean, if, if your opponent can't run the football, you're in trouble. And I understand. I mean, I get it. Uh, USC, uh, I, I can't explain to you what happened in that game at the Coliseum other than what you already said. Those physical receivers, uh, the Utes had those many of those routes covered, but the receivers went and got the ball, and they the, the Utes lost that game. I get it. But... I'm telling you right now, if those two teams were to play again, I would put my money on the Utes. I'm not a gambler. I'd put my money on the Utes, and I I think I'd put my money on the Utes against Oregon. And here's one of the reasons why. What did USC do against the Ducks? It kept shooting itself in the foot. And the Utes don't do that. They do on occasion, like the two fumbles. But 
Generally, they don't do that. They don't make silly mistakes. That absolutely doomed the Trojans in that game against the Ducks. And, of course, from there, you could just see the USC sag and the Ducks roll forward. Well, One thing is for sure, that if you think the Pac-12 is down a little bit this year, that championship game is going to be something not to miss. Because those two teams, if those are the two teams that get in, that's going to be an awful lot of fun to watch. Now, Utah has to finish out their schedule, and of course they have uh, they have UCLA, Arizona, and Colorado. But UCLA is probably the most dangerous of those games, and, and Utah's got a week to prepare for them, and they're coming into Rice-Eccles Stadium. Two of the three at home. So uh, UCLA just beat Colorado this week 31-14, to and at times they've shown capability. Uh, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson has been pretty effective with his legs, not necessarily throwing the ball, but at least enough that they can run Chip Kelly's offense. But are 4-2 in league. That's amazing to me. It is. They started. But Arizona just got buried by the Mighty Beavs, 56-38, to <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's, not, uh, that's not looking too good. And like I mentioned, the Colorado just lost to UCLA, and they're 1-5 in, in Pac-12 play. So Utah should be significant favorites in those three games. I would expect them to win all three UCLA being probably the most dangerous of the three. I would, I would agree think. with that. The only way the Utes can lose moving forward is if they take their eyes off the ball. If right. They, if they are not, if they don't prepare properly, if they if they are uh, just assuming victory, we can sit here and talk about all we want that the Utes are going to win those games, but the Utes themselves can't. Obviously, they have to take every opponent uh, very seriously, and that was really the key to the other two Utah teams that I think are, are are the the best teams I've ever seen. These are the three best teams I've ever seen at Utah, 2004-2008 and this particular team. And if from this point on the Utes do what they need to do and they properly prepare, they will win those games and if they win out, uh it's going to be a team to celebrate for sure. All right, Gordon, let's get to stop number two of the split story of the day, and let's get to the uh, to the Aggies and the Cougars. Austin, go for it. Here's that option they've run very well. Hall is in! It's a run for Hall. Dodging and scoring! Oh, my goodness. Did you see him finish that run? He ran over Shelton. Intercepted! Kavika Fanua right into his waiting arms. Love with time. His second pick, Peyton Wilgar, the freshman. Once is a mistake, twice is a trend, three times is a problem. Pressure from the corner, and they screen it. Katoa with Bushman up in front. Katoa, a stiff arm. Katoa inside the five. Third down and goal. Katoa. That's a couple times BYU has thundered through a Utah State tackler for a score on the ground tonight. One more interception. Bo Tanner down the sideline. Tanner to the 19. And the wheel goes on a rolling to Provo. 42-14. Well, Gordon, uh, BYU smashed Utah State, and I know the wheels were wobbling with the Aggies a little bit coming into this game, but that that is not the outcome I anticipated. BYU 
just ran over the Aggies. They sure did. And uh, BYU's defense in the past has struggled against the run, limiting the Aggies to 127 rushing yards. They did what they had to do in order. And the offense, I mean, the offense, that's showing what they have 418 passing yards in that game, Jake, between the two quarterbacks. Pretty amazing considering that's your second and third string quarterback. Uh, what would you do if you were Jaron Hall? What would you do? What do you mean? Because head injuries. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I'd mess with it, man. The guy's a talented baseball player. He's a good athlete. How many concussions do you want to suffer? Yeah, I don't know. That, I mean, that that's such the, the difficult part, the, the personal nature of that all, because you're putting a lot on the line. I mean, I remember having these conversations about Austin Collie when he went to the NFL, remember, yeah. and had all those concussions uh, because he would just get tattooed because he was Peyton Manning's over-the-middle target. It's like, I know you're making big money and you love football, but at what point is it is it not worth it anymore? And that's 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 just so hard. Well, he played great. He did. I mean, he played really, really well. And then and then he gets hurt. We all saw that play at the end of the first half uh, when he got hit helmet to helmet. How did they miss that call, by the way? I don't know. That I mean, that was that was uh, fairly significant, and obviously was significant for him. And what do the Cougars do? They wish him well, and they bring in Romney, and uh, it's almost like they didn't skip a beat. They just kept on churning. Nothing the Aggies could do. Uh, you see David uh, Woodward go down for the Aggies. He's out for the rest of the year. Yeah, and that's, that that's, is that's just, not helpful for them. No, and he is so good, and you just you just feel for a guy like that. And I, I chatted with Scotty a little bit during the break for their show to ask uh, him his thoughts on, on the Aggies. And, of course, you get his thoughts from noon to 3 every day here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. But it was interesting to talk to him because Jordan Love, you know, 394 yards. Gordon, he threw the ball 49 times, of course, because they're playing from behind. But he had three picks, yeah. and it's just – I just wonder if the offense isn't working with what what he's best at, if it's guys around him, how much the offensive line had to do. And, and the kind of the gist I got from Scotty was really all of the above. Jordan's not playing well. The offensive line is not playing well. And there is some, you know, him being uncomfortable in the in the new offense. So it's just a perfect storm of 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 toughness for or of of bad circumstance for that guy. How much do you think he misses David Yost? I would guess a lot, but I mean, is that fair? I mean, because he and Yost had had such a had such a connection. I mean, they they were just of the of like mind. Uh, I remember when when Yost came on with Austin and Tony and made a joke about how he doesn't really do anything. It's all Jordan Love out there, you know. It it they they were a good tandem, and you know Mike Stanford Jr. comes in and he's just different. Yeah, you know, he's different. And, and those inter- a couple of those interceptions that Jordan threw, I don't know what he was looking at. Because the interceptor was right there. And well, he, he didn't see him. And he's pressing too, right? Yeah. I mean, the, there's there's some pressure. He knows that that focus is on him, and he doesn't have as much talent around him this year as yeah, last that's year. Clear. That's I, clear. I don't think anybody would would argue that. So you know, what does he do? He he takes it all on himself, and he's he's trying too much. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'd agree with that. But, man, he throws a sweet ball. He absolutely does. I mean, and this, you can see, I thought somebody put it perfectly. I can't remember who I heard it or read it from. They said when he throws, first of all, it's like one second you watch him play and you think that guy will be playing in the NFL. And then the next second he does something and you go, oh, wait, maybe not. But when he throws the ball, man, it, 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 it's so easy. 
uh, and he throws a sweet, tight spiral. And I can see why, regardless of the outcome of these games and regardless of the interceptions, that guy is going to intrigue an NFL team somewhere for sure. I'd be shocked if he weren't drafted. I think he's still going to be drafted because he's got all the intangibles. And there's coaches out there that think, you know, I just get him under my wing and I can yeah. correct that sort of thing because he does throw a great ball and he is six four and he does have, you know, all those things going for him. And we and we have seen it before. We have seen the production and and how good he can be. So he'll get drafted on that. I mean, the question is, he probably he's going to slip down a little bit. Probably won't have the guaranteed money he might have had if he he had a really good year this year. But I'm with you. I still anticipate he be uh, he being drafted. But then, of course, it begs the question, Gordon. We've we've all seen it on Twitter after as soon as the game. You know. Well, this is now BYU beating uh, beating two out of their three rivals. You know, Boise followed by Utah State win. Are you on uh, hashtag extend Kalani or hashtag don't extend Kalani? Well, I was on the record uh, uh, for that before any of this happened. I wrote a column about it, and you and I have talked about it, and I, th- I think he should be extended. I think he's the right man for the job. There are some things that could be done better down there, but Kalani is the man as far as I'm concerned, and uh, I didn't need to see that game to think it. I think coaches learn lessons along the way. Um, the, you know, head coaches. Kyle Whittingham's talked about this publicly before. Not not for a while, but he he talked about this throughout his first few years, how think much he learned. Mis- think about the mistakes he made and, and the, the games that the Utes right. lost. Yeah, he, I mean— you learn, like with any job, I mean, I think you and I learn uh, on a daily basis. And so I, I think Kalani learned a big lesson this year um, facing this adversity with those losses to, to Toledo and South Florida. I think, he, I think things got a little desperate down there. And I think uh, guys were, you know, focused, and he had to change some things, and he had to give some other players some opportunities. He had to bench some guys. I mean, some stuff. And he weathered some injuries. And he weathered some injuries, absolutely. I mean, my gosh, they're down to their third-string quarterback going into Boise. Hello. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a, a walk-on quarterback. And to put him in a position, and that whole staff deserves credit, by the way, but put him in a position to go out there and succeed. And, and Jaron Hall is a completely different player than Bar- Baylor Romney. And to go back and forth to those guys, I mean, th- that's not easy. So I, I think I think Kalani is a better coach coming through this year, even with those tough losses, because I do. I, I think he had to— I think they had to have some real honest conversations down there. Yeah, and a after, lot of people responded and deserve a lot of credit. After that second year when, when the wheels did spin off, uh, Kalani learned a lot that year. They say you learn more from a loss than you do from a Absolutely. win. Absolutely. Well, he had a lost season, and uh, he learned a lot from that. It was better last year and this year. Now the Cougars are 4-4. Four and four. They won some games we didn't think they were going to win, and they lost some games we didn't think they were going to lose. But now, if they don't win the next three games, then something's wrong. You know, I mean, they, they'll be 7-4 and four going into that San Diego State game, and they could end up 8-4, and four, which is better than I thought they were going to be this which year. Which would be 100% a good season. 100%. And maybe two of those four losses came from places that you didn't anticipate, but 8-4 and four with that schedule pretty darn good. I didn't expect them to beat SC. I'm not sure. Tennessee was kind of one of those things, well, it could happen because that program was down at that time. I did not expect them to lose to Toledo and certainly not USF. Certainly didn't expect them to beat Boise. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and maybe we were way off on Utah State, but I didn't expect them to beat Utah State. I don't think you did either. No. I Well, I wasn't sure before 
I thought Utah State playing on its home field would be very would be formidable. But after I saw what happened against Air Force, then I started. Wait, all bets are off now. This Aggies team is 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 compromised to some extent. Stay tuned. More next. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone.